The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Sue Martin joins us from Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. And I think the biggest question of today is, what the heck? Uh, we saw some big drops yeah. in the corn and in the wheat, higher numbers in the soybeans. But there's, Sue, a lot of confusion and a lot of questions in regards to the USDA report. Well, there is, because I think the trade had dialed in at least 8 million acres off and uh, had been trading that. And so that was probably priced in. And some were talking, you know, as high as 12 million acres. But the USDA, you know, back on uh, June 9th, came out with, um, you know, um, acres down 6.1 million acres from the uh, March report. And then, of course, dropped the yield, you know, 10 bushels to the acre. And so to turn around in the same month and add back in all of it but 1 million acres, 1.1 million acres, I think just had everybody shaking their head. Um, I will say, normally... NAF doesn't tend to be wrong by very much. I mean, they may miss it by 2 million acres or something like that from their estimate at the end of June to the final. But um, I will say now, we're after today, and we had a 42-cent range today from high to low. That was a big day for corn. And so, and we hit limit down, and then we didn't stay there. And, of course, uh, the market chattered, but that's a big range. So... We did make a higher high in the month of June, but we closed lower for the month of June. So that said, what do you think we're going to do in July? Take out June's high or June's low? I think we're going to take out the low of June. And the sooner we do it, the better. And then maybe we can catch on some weather and turn around. For now, the warmer weather that is forecast, the hotter and drier weather, that should be a positive for corn development. And so that's going to weigh on the market as well. The smart money's been selling corn for the past two months, the month of June and the month of part of May. And so that, too, when the market was up so strong, they just hit it, I think, and sold more. The um, uh, market coming down, one thing, you know, stocks, quarterly stocks, feed usage, I think, was much better during the third quarter than what traders were thinking. And so that got justified a little bit in here today. And, of course, uh, June 1st quarterly stocks came out at 5.202 billion bushels. And that was actually below the average trade guess. They were thinking it was going to be higher than that. So that was the positive that helped try to push us. But the acres was just too much for the market to bear. And it took the market down. So now think about for the soybean uh, trader, how comfortable are they going to be going through the report here in July, uh, the supply-demand report, in fear that the USDA does the same darn thing again to them that they did on corn here this month? They may be a little nervous. So I think beans, even though they showed acres down in beans 10% from a year ago, um, I think, and then of course stocks were up 47% over a year ago on June 1st. But even then, traders were looking for a 51% increase in stocks. So that was a little bit less than what the trade was thinking about. Still plentiful supplies. But I think now 
the rallying beans is going to push up and it's going to have trouble pushing very far because the what if is going to be in the back of all these bulls' minds. What if the USDA, NAF, pulls this same stunt in July on uh, soybeans? When will we see, we know that the USDA... um after the report came out, stated that they're going to be doing some resurveying and and talking to those different states that are in that prevent plant. Will we see those numbers in July, or is it going to be August or September? It's going to be in August, is from what I read from the USDA, from NAS. It's going to be in the August report, is the way they made it sound. It, and that's the states that are going to be resurveyed are basically the whole Midwest major producing states. It's the Dakotas. It's Minnesota. Iowa, Nebraska, Kansas, Missouri, uh, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Wisconsin, and Michigan. So it's that whole major portion of the country that produces corn, the bigger producing states. And Arkansas, I believe, is going to be redone, too. And so the bottom line is um, that'll come out in the August report. It just keeps everything tenuous. Now, you do have President Trump and President Xi at the G20 summit. And they're supposed to be talking this weekend, you know, today and tomorrow. And if there was to be something come out of it, it could send the markets running. Made me wonder if the if China doesn't need a bunch of corn, and I think they do. Um, you know, they've got army worms in 18 provinces, and they're still moving north. And the USDA on Wednesday made the comment that it they will deal with army worms for probably the next 12 months. And that means that it's going to end up pushing into the northern portions of the country. So, you know, and army worms are already in Thailand. So they're having a problem. Corn's going to be a crop that I think China needs to import. In fact, my understanding is, and they're trying to get producers to repop back in hogs. Well, my understanding is to repop and everything else, they need about 37 million more acres of corn. Where are they going to go to get it? And so they'll get some. They usually been getting corn from the, you know, from the Black Sea countries like Russia and Ukraine. But weather's not been real kind there, and it's been pretty hot. And now you look at the heat, the record heat temps across Europe. You know, France, Germany, Spain, Italy, Poland. Those are all countries that have wheat, and then of course corn. So I think uh, the bottom line is that we're looking at. Uh, a concern that China does need corn. You know, long, sometime back I made the comment that I thought we were seeing a great grain robbery before this is all said and done. I still fully believe that's occurring. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We've got more coming up. We're going to find out what Sue's initial reaction was to that report from earlier today. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin joins us from Agate Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. And I was wondering, you know, as you and I were chatting um, during the commercial break, obviously there's a lot of questions, and I think there will still be a lot of questions revolving around that USDA report. But when you saw those initial numbers, with all the experience that you've had, and you talk about the, the grain, Rob, you talk about uh, 1993 comparisons, what was your reaction, Sue, to those numbers? Well, I thought that it was manipulation trying to keep prices down. Um, I thought when I looked at it, I thought, you know, I think a year ago, don't hold me to this, but I think we had around a million and a half prevent plant acres. Now, I don't know, but I thought this year seemed like it was on steroids. 
and therefore I, I just can't possibly come around to what the USD is saying. I think that, um, you know, China's known for great propaganda. I think our USDA is too. And how they can even begin to come up with that much. I could have seen the acres stay the same, maybe down 6 million acres. I could have seen that very easily. But um, to put in the acres that they did and to have the planting progress, that's the other thing. As they were doing these surveys, the planting progress and where it was at would have depicted way more acres yet to be done. It just doesn't make sense. But, you know, it's the USDA. It's what we have to work with, and we have to deal with it. And now we'll watch it. We'll deal with this all the way into January's final report. So as we try to market um, from a grain perspective, as we head into next week, of course, we're going to have an interruption in the trading action because of the 4th of July holiday on Thursday. What are some things that our grain and even our livestock guys need to think about when it comes to marketing or purchasing in the crop in the next couple weeks? Well, I think for livestock producers and all end users, I think that on this break, as we get it here, that because, you know, we did have a higher high and close the month lower in both corn and wheat, we did not in beans, I would say be sure you're getting yourselves covered. Get some calls on the books or get some positioning made because here's the deal. Next year, we could see farmers, first off, after a break, if farmers weren't getting rid of corn before this, they're certainly going to try to hang on now, even though when they look in their own backyard, they see what's going on. They may decide that they have better quality corn in their bins than what they're going to get out of that field. And so as you go down the road and through the end of this year, I think it's very possible we could continue to see some pretty good inverted basis levels as we go through the winter, next winter, and on into spring. Um, I, I would say get yourselves booked, and I would probably be booking clear out into probably May of next year. Is there any concern, any fear of a, a feed shortage of some part, part in nature for these livestock producers? Because as a lot of talk hasn't been taking place about the livestock side well, of it and feed. Yeah, I, I think there is. Um, the other thing, though, keep in mind is that when you look at July KC wheat at 451 and a half, and you've got July corn at 420 and a quarter, you're now 31 cents apart, 31 and a quarter cents. That spread was as narrow as 23 cents this week. And so, you know, when you start getting those two that close together, it starts to give some thought about feed wheat. And I think we've got a fair amount of feed wheat quality in our wheat country, hard red winter wheat and soft red that I think what we're going to see is that um, uh, demand could make a shift over to wheat. So we got to kind of keep that in mind. In the meantime, here's the other thing. Harvest for the soft red wheat and the winter wheat, hard red. What about planting beans on the backside, the double cropping? Well, maybe with the moisture, that the surplus that they have in hard red winter wheat areas, they may think about possibly putting some beans in on the backside. But in the soft red, they're going to be so late that they're probably not going to be putting uh, beans in on the backside because it'll be a waste of money for them. They won't make it in time. What are your thoughts as we jump over to the livestock side here on the cattle? Uh, cash cattle, we saw us pushing us some limits on the trade. What are your thoughts on how they've been going? Well, I think that uh, first off, when you look at the cattle market, um, the, 
you know, we look at uh, June cattle at one ten fifty today, and they certainly could um, uh, deliver cattle. It's the last day of the month. You could see cattle get delivered in some parts of the country, and um, and they'd be better off making it than if they had tried to go with the cash market. Some of these packers were trying to bid one hundred seven earlier in the week, but in the meantime, you look at the cattle market and. Here again, it looks cheap. Now, with what corn did today and 25 lower, you'd have thought feeder cattle should have acted way better than it did. Feeders were just kind of like ignorant of what was happening. Um, I look at uh, the cattle. We've had a 6.18% retracement on these uh, November feeder cattle. And then, of course, we responded back up. But um, I, I look at the market, and I feel like we ought to be trying to, to stick in a, a support shelf here um, and I guess I would say with cattle now, as we move in through July, we should be starting to stick some support, especially the closer you get to August. The best way folks to get a hold of you, Sue? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051. And you all have a great day. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.